I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. back folks and now we're gonna we're gonna be happy jets we're not gonna sit and piss and moan about a bunch of you know trade federation garbage a bunch of fucking uh government bullshit we're not gonna sit and talk about dudes uh turning tail left and right and uh changing character on a whim we're gonna talk about some movies that every last person in the world, unless you're a complete asshole, enjoys. <laughs> We're going to talk about episode four, five, six, and seven. And uh, Glenn, let's move on to episode four, A New Hope, or as most regular people call it, Star Wars. Um, you want to give the, a quick synopsis of what Star Wars is for, for the two people or maybe the one person that lives under a rock? that doesn't know what Star Wars is? Yes, for the people who would refer to it as the Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> act as if it's like, you know, like my grandparents talking about the gays. It's like, you know, they're those people over there. This is that movie over there. Um, Star Wars. You have uh, the horrible empire, which is being, uh, you know, kind of bugged a bit by this little thing called the Rebellion. And uh, the Rebellion has stumbled upon these plans for this giant freaking planet-destroying spaceship called the Death Star. And they have to get those plans that where they can be used. Of course, the Empire intercepts them. The plans end up in the hands of this young water farmer named Luke Skywalker, who apparently uh, has a destiny unknown to him. And off on adventures, he goes in space with an old dude, a uh, cocky guy, and a walking carpet. They fly off into space uh, and become kind of embroiled in this whole bigger-than-all-of-them thing. And Luke ends up uh, basically 
single-handedly pretty much taken down, taking the Empire down a big, big notch by blowing up their fancy new toy. When you were growing up, was it was this something that you watched all the time? Yeah. I had a tape of it, and it was the only tape I had, dude. <laughs> yeah. I had, well, I had that, and I had Ghostbuster, but Star Wars, like, that, I, mean, I watched it so much that when the um, the special edition came out, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I could hear every fucking line in my head before they would say it. I, I, I kind of made Mark uh, bite his tongue about the special editions and when they came <laughs> out. And uh, as precursors to the the, tri- the prequel trilogy to which you were just, you know, you just listened to us be so gentle on them. Um, it, this, the, this film has always been uh, my favorite of all of the Star Wars films. I know a lot of people will say Empire Strikes Back is the film that they they like. Um but there was there's such whimsy to this first film that I always kind of liked um the light nature of this film and I thought it always flowed r- uh, very well. Um as I've gotten older, I think I've watched it too many times and it and it 2 hours long I I kind of have a tough time uh staying staying the course. But I still feel it's it's an incredible film. Now, if we were going to talk about the special editions, we can just honestly say, fuck those things. Yeah, They suck. All the inclusions are garbage. There's no need for them. It's useless tinkering. And it's the same tone as all the rest of the prequels we just got done saying were bullshit. So honestly, I would just say skip those all together. And if you can find good old VHSs of the original trilogy or the laser discs, or I know there was an edition, there was a set that came out that actually had the laser disc uh, transfers on them. Yeah, they're not anamorphic though, so they look. Yeah, like they ass. look. They look like ass. He released them as a fan service, and that was it. Yeah, they don't yeah. look good. Somebody did. Uh, <laughs> somebody went back and like took all that shit out, and there is like Blu-ray versions you could get. Yeah, yeah, the, the Star Wars despecialized uh, version. Despecialized, yeah. Yeah. Which are pretty cool because they're not only not only do they take out this is the way I always explain them is that the despecialized editions are essentially <clears throat> he took all the stuff that he liked about uh the special editions and got rid of all the bullshit and made an amalgamation of the two versions of the film and then added some some stuff um, just to enhance it, and the stuff that was added is so um, periphery that you you barely even notice it. Um, honestly, if you're going to watch Star Wars, in my opinion, I would I would seek out those despecialized editions. I think they're they're really my preferred way to even watch the films. Now, Glenn, have you seen the despecialized versions? I like them. I think they're great. Um, but I also have the you know the original originals ripped from Laserdisc to DVD, so. Which I watched someone, those. Which someone brought out to me that even the Laserdisc ones were a little bit trimmed from the original theatricals, but they're a hell of a lot closer than... That, yes. Yeah, I've got the original THX box set, VHS, and that's the only version my kids have ever watched. Oh, dude, Not- <laughs> I have the original, original VHS. I mean, these these suckers look old, but it's... They're great. Love them. Beautiful cover art. It's not that stupid garbage that they came out with near the end where it's just big face on this on the cover. No, right. original posters. And uh, whenever I want to watch Star Wars, I pull the VHS out. I think that's really 
right I, now until they finally re-release these blu-rays with the original trilogy on them it's the only way to really watch it uh uh mark mark a new hope thoughts i love it uh watched it all the time wore out the tape uh you know that was the movie like i said i saw it when i was two and a half which i don't remember it but subconsciously i think it etched itself into my brain so when it was re-released and it was on vhs i watched it all the time you know i watched this in empire and and all of those when my parents had it on vhs that was a regular viewing it was one of those where you could watch it and i i still enjoyed it and to tell given that people an idea how much this ingrained itself into me during my development years in the 80s as i grew up i stuck the laser disc version that i have into in and watched it before i went to see the force awakens and i can tell you that even though I know every line of dialogue, I know every beat of that film, I still get excited. I still get on edge during the Death Star battle. I still get on edge the first time Luke fires up the lightsaber. Uh, You know, that's what this movie really is for me. It is one of those where I feel exactly like I did as a kid watching this. I do every time I put it in. And that's what it means to me. Is it a by itself movie making aspect? Is it together? No. And my buddies and I, we've had fun nitpicking it sometimes and picking out some of the, you know, the cheesy dialogue and and some of the points on it, you know, and pointing out at every single point in this film, how much luck goes into how the events come to be in star Wars, you know, within the first five minutes had that guy taken the shot at the empty pod that got released from the blockade runner, which for some reason they chose not to shoot the empty one (laughs) Uh, because they shot all the others. Had they done that, you got no movie. You know, I mean, there's so many points like that in this film. And I don't, for me, this is just, it's special in my heart. Uh, I watch it and I still feel like a kid and, and that's what it is for me. You know, yeah, I, I, it's a very whimsical film. I, I, I think, I think you, you may, you bring up a really great point about it is, is that there's, there's a sense of awe and wonder to the, the practical effects and to the sense of scale um, that because it's such a, it's made in, in such a way that it starts very, it starts at this battle, but then really comes down to this very basic level where there isn't shit all over the screen constantly, <laughs> which the prequels did just didn't understand was that you, in order to make things seem, uh, you know, otherworldly and have scale and and have impact you have to start small and crescendo instead of having the entire fucking time it's hard it's hard to have any impact on anything because it's just a constant barrage of shit where um a new hope it ebbs and it flows there's there's very quiet moments and then there's really loud moments and it all builds at crescendos to which you're engaged at what's going on. Greg, how do you, how do you feel about this movie? Well, you know, to uh, dovetail a bit off of what you said, <clears throat> I remember, you know, I'm never going to forget the first time I saw the opening moment, you know, you have the starry night and then all of a sudden here comes a spaceship and it does not end and does not end. <laughs> 
And you know, it's just one of those moments of, okay, we're not fucking around. This is the real deal. And uh, it doesn't lose that mystique throughout the whole thing. You know, you you don't get the idea that anybody was playing around there and for uh, going for broke, and they definitely did. It feels like a, a, a small movie made on a very grand scale. It's mm-hmm. uh that's what that's what I love about it. Andrew, do you kind of feel kind of like it's a, it's a little bit of a homegrown movie made on a bigger scale? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm you know me, I'm a huge fan of 70s cinema, particularly like New Hollywood in the 70s. And uh, I love 70s sci-fi, pre-Star Wars mostly, but like Star Wars is still got it feels like a 70s movie. Like, you know, when I when I watch it now, it's just it's it's it like you said, man. It's it's not stuff happening all the time. It is paced like a '70s movie, you know. But it also has like you know that influence of uh, Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress and you know um, like like old the the uh, Buck Rogers serials and stuff. So it has that kind of you know a little bit of a uh, like a, a cheesiness to it or whatever. But it's like I don't know. I was thinking the other day. I'm like, you know how. Um, Tarantino kind of cherry picks from his favorite stuff to make his movies, you know, and mm-hmm. how how cool that is, uh, how how much you know how fun it feels to be like you know a fan making some Star Wars could kind of in a way be seen like that, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a fan of you know Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey and stuff like that, you know, just kind of shaking it all up and throwing it out there, um, you know, and you could watch yeah you could watch a YouTube video of of it. Com- compared to the uh to the hidden fortress specifically well it's cool man how how uh it, it doesn't feel like any of the other movies necessarily it feels like a 70s movie to me and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's it all it's always going to be cool like because of that but also because you go on the journey with the main character you start out green just like him you know yeah yeah and it's in it, it's a it's a small movie that's what i've always loved about it is that it's it's a very deliberately paced um kind of quiet film that just slowly builds and it and it ebbs and flows and it's a simple story um yeah. i i've just always thought that, that of all of them this is the one that doesn't feel like it constantly is having to explain things it just kind of is what it is so um a new hope Boys, let's go across across the board. I have a feeling this is the way it's going to be for the rest of these. I don't know. You may throw me a curveball, but let's go ahead, Glenn. Thumbs up or thumbs down on New Hope? Oh, it's this is two thumbs up. I mean, three actually. Um, is that your boner? Is the third one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was six and a half, and I had my first boner when I saw this movie. It didn't go away uh, till about. 1996 so <laughs> uh yeah just way 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 up for this i mean this this movie shaped a lot of who i am cool so so thumbs up on the original uh thumbs up or thumbs down on the special edition and thumbs sideways on the special edition i mean it still has enough of it to be star wars if that had been the only one i had seen i still would have been really damn impressed with it yeah. but it's it's as annoying as some of those little things are. It's not enough to ruin Star Wars for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Andrew, thumbs up or thumbs down on A New Hope? Oh, thumbs up, man. I love I love this. I love Star Wars. It's so cool and it's funny too. Like I remember uh, going to see it and be like, man, I forgot 
how funny C3PO and R2D2 are. It's just so much like charm and comic beats in it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And that's also another thing that was missing in the prequels was that sense of humor because everything was so in your face. And so like we had said about Jar Jar Binks being the replacement character for three. Oh, fuck. I forgot about him. Yep. He is the he's the replacement character in the first film. Uh, they just he just there was no subtlety in which these two characters, like somebody had said before, were the Laurel and Hardy. You know, yeah. they were the. Abbott and Costello, they were, you know, they played off each other well. And most of it was just one character talking while the other person goes. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, man. And I think you know? Carrie Fisher running around with a little bra is pretty hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> now we know the real deal, real deal. So, okay. So, so I guess I'll do this with everyone for the rest of the time because they are a real thing. Special edition, thumb up or thumb down. Oh, thumbs down for, I, I think the second one's the only one that actually really they they did anything significant that you know to add to the movie. It's like you see just shit running around for no reason. Like that don't. Why would it doesn't? And it still didn't make it match the new ones when those came nope. out. So nope. there was no fucking point. Yep, I totally agree. Greg, thumbs up or thumbs down? New Hope. Uh, thumbs up. Han shot first. Yeah. So that gives us our our indication that it's a thumbs down on the special edition. Oh, absolutely. Why did they do that? Do y'all know? I have no idea. Mark, would you know? According to George Lucas, good old Jorge, he actually had always intended, according to him, to have Greedo shoot first because he thought that Han shooting first took away from Han's character and made him too dark of a character, too much of a bad guy. Which I'm like, did you pay uh-huh. attention to the? Did you pay attention to the the, the movie that you made? You yeah. made, you wrote this. Nobody like, thought that, man. Nobody. Absolutely, thought no one thinks <clears throat> Han Solo is a bad guy. What the? Fuck? When he shoots Greedo, they it, it's Greedo's a dick trying to kill him. <laughs> I was gonna say he you he's totally threatened by Greedo, and it totally made sense for his character. Plus the setting they were in. The cantina is not a pleasant place, as we just saw with a guy who tried to kill Luke because he's wanted in 12 systems. I mean, this is a place where you could die at a moment at the drop of a hat if you piss someone off. So that's a cowboy moment, man. Has he never he forgot what a fucking showdown is? Well, that's yeah, what it did. exactly. I think he just tried to explain it away for a dumb thing he did. Uh, and yeah, no, Han shot first. Of course he shot first. He had to. It fit his character. And yeah. And in fact, that established his character as as being a badass. Even it was gangster he, as shit when he shot. It him. was. <laughs> it was thug life. It was. That, it was one of It's those not. Things. It's not chopping legs off at the foot of a volcano. Thug life. But well, no, no, life. no. Obi Wan's got that covered. But I mean, he was a wisecracking <laughs> smuggler who we established. Volcano. You know, but <laughs> Andrew can't get over this volcano. volcano. I forgot it was a. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Glenn says it every time. Uh, okay, you know. But sorry. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> He shot first. He tosses the coin. It fit the whole entire environment. The thing that Lucas wrote, why did you need to even change it with a bad CGI Photoshop tilt of the head of Han Solo? Uh, did that I haven't did that happen too? 
Yeah, in, in the uh, I didn't never noticed that in the special edition in the first run, at least on the big screen, when you watch his head, his head is actually moved digitally a little bit. Oh, hey, I oh. forgot. Remember, they put Jabba the Hutt back in it, like in yeah, it too, and then right? they put Jabba the Hutt back in it. Dad, where they he the he looked all small and Roger where, where they re- and, well, and then they repeat the exact same dialogue you just went over with Greedo. Yeah, There's no reason for the Jabba scene whatsoever because that entire conversation was covered and established with Greedo. So oh. why even have it in there? Plus, that does uh, what when we get to empire i got the rant for that uh, what the prequels do for that one but that scene with java then takes away the awe of being introduced to the millennium falcon which is one of the greatest shocks you had they come into this bay and here's this huge just ship and luke's first reaction everybody else is going wow that's a pretty cool ship and luke's reaction is what a hunk of junk (laughs) (laughs) and it makes for a great moment but if you show the java moment You've seen the Falcon already. There's, right. The mystery is gone. Mark, give me your thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, up on originals, down on the special editions. Uh, you know, just because everything added made no sense and added nothing to the movie. You, you get nothing, you know, <laughs> added that is substantial. I don't care if most Eisley didn't have 80 million creatures in it. You know what? It made sense. They're on Tatooine. They're on a gigantic sandball of a planet. Not everybody's going to be hanging out there. <laughs> you know, so uh, it just it was just a reason for him to to try out some stuff before he made episodes. Yeah. That's all it was. All it was. So let's go ahead and let's move on to episode 5. Empire Strikes Back. Would you care to give us plot synopsis on episode five? Oh, cripes. You're going to make me do this? Okay. Uh, so we have, the, we have the continuing story <laughs> of Luke. It is a number of years later. Luke has been testing his, his lightsaber powers in on his own he hasn't really had any guidance because obi old obi-wan is is missing but uh he's, he's dead, mark he's yeah. <laughs> okay dead okay i'm sorry he he's a ghost uh <laughs> and and luke is kind of lost now trying to find his jedi way meanwhile he's teamed up with the rebellion han solo who we saw come back at the end of the first one is back as well though he is thinking of leaving again. <laughs> 
Um, but things go awry. Well, he just wants to make paper. That's he all. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. He just wants to make some paper. He just wants to make some paper. You know, and, and he, he still has the flame for the princess. But the Empire is hunting down the rebellion. We come to find out that, yeah, sure, great. They took out the Death Star. But guess what? Empire is actually kicking their ass by quite a bit. And they track them down to this Hoth planet. And so the band gets back together, so to speak. Uh, Princess Leia escapes with Han Solo and Chewie while Luke goes off after Ghost Obi-Wan tells him, hey, you got to go train with Yoda. And basically, we the movie is about Luke's path to learning how to become a better Jedi and coming down to the ultimate showdown with Vader while the Rebellion is trying to survive and the princess is just trying to get back and, and with her head intact. And Han Solo, again, is kind of caught in the middle of things and it's helping out because his love for the princess outweighs his love for money. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. I didn't realize there was that much going on in this goddamn movie. Sorry. I've watched it many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Well, it's it's true. Empire Strikes Back. It, it plays that role where it's it's basically the middle ground story between the beginning and the end in which a lot of shit goes down. You've built what this world was and you have all your characters established. Now, how do we fuck with them? Yeah. That's essentially what Empire Strikes Back is. How do we fuck with these these players? And Greg, how do you feel about Empire Strikes Back? Oh, man, it's my favorite movie. I mean, it really, truly is. Top five of all time. It's in there. I, I think it's Han's movie. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, he's, he's the propelling force behind it. Um, I... You know, I might create, no, I wouldn't say enemies, but a lot of uh, dyed heretic, maybe. Um, I think Han's more interesting than uh, Luke. So there you go. Um, and I think that in this one, we get to see him, you know, carrying on the way he does. And uh, I mean, that's why it's my favorite. He's captured all time on film. Is Leia saying, I love you, and Han's response, I know. And that's, that's pimp that. shit. Oh, yeah. my God. When he yeah, says that. that's thug life right there. That's not yeah. volcano. That's like, that's above volcano thug life. <laughs> that's molten. But it's, you know, it, it. there hasn't been anything yet to go further than that with such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I, I if, if you guys got one for me, as far as the love scene, I I think it's done. I think Empire Strikes Back has the best love scene moment. It, what is it about him that you like? Is it the dark, the darkness of the character, the swagger? Is it is it uh, I, what is it about Han Solo that you think he completely steals the show? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a normal guy with problems. He has a bit of lip on him, and he has a swagger, and he carries on the way that he wants to. He's just a little man in the galaxy trying to make some paper. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, he, he's 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 with the ladies. He's 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 basically hitting on you know like a, a princess. It, it, yep. Well, she is a princess, but you know what? He's not going to let her know. He's not going to let her know. He's going to he keep her in the dark. Right. So he's a pimp, basically a pimp. Uh, Andrew, do you do you well, feel Han Solo is, is a pimp? Yeah, dude, of all time. Yeah, <laughs> he's up there. Major, it's like the Max pimp. Max Julian and fucking Superfly, and then Han Solo. 
then there's Han, then there's Han Solo. Uh, what, in the grand scheme of things, Empire Strikes Back. How how was that to you? Uh, that was um, that's my second favorite of the whole entire series. I love like as a movie, I love how it moves from uh, setting to setting. Like you got the snow and the clouds and the swamp, all that shit. You know, like and the ending, of course, is, is amazing. Uh, and there's so much to like about it. Like it's just such a cool movie. But my favorite thing is Yoda. I'm like that's the my favorite thing about all of Star Wars is Yoda, and I know it's because he's a Muppet that I like him so much. It's Frank <laughs> Oz, you know, but like that whole thing in the swamp, man, is so fucking funny. Because Yoda, like when you first see him, you don't know he's anything. You just think he's some little weird ass monster or whatever. Right. So he's like, right. <laughs> and like it cracks me up every time. I don't care how many times I see it. I just think he's so funny, and you know. You know, making him a little soup and stuff and all that shit. And then you find out how hardcore he is. And that puppet is so good, dude. Oh, you you forget that. I was just going to mention that, Andrew, that you mentioned him. You forget he's a – when you see him, you're not thinking Muppet at all. No. Yoda's real. When I was young and I saw him, Yoda was friggin' real. He's real as shit, and when he tells him I'm not, I'm not afraid, and he's like, "You will be," you don't. That ain't funny. Like that, that's not oh, stupid no. or, or whatever. That looks like because I'm a fan of like the Dark Crystal and you yeah. know stuff like that, and I'm just like, to me, that's real shit. It, yeah. it, it is like it's somewhere you could like probably you know go touch it somewhere or whatever. So to me, yeah, that's all. That's what Empire is to me. That's why it's my uh it's my second favorite i just love yoda man he's the he's the jam my daughter a friend of mine painted him and he's hanging in there he's just so (laughs) nice well that's a that's basically like his moment going playa i'm not fucking around you better (laughs) you better be listening that that scene where he's like that whole swamp (laughs) thing too man all the little monsters and stuff but like that part where he meets Darth Vader and then chops the head off, and it's Luke inside. Fuck you, that's crazy, man. I mean, even now. Oh, it's a great scene. It. Yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. There's there's so much about the film that, it, unlike Attack of the Clones, which was essentially for the prequel, supposed to be the Empire of that series of that those, that trilogy, <laughs> where it moved. Well, and the thing is, let's let's break it down if we want to compare the two. Um, Empire. It, it it fragments our team at the beginning, and they all go their separate ra- ways, and we get all these divergent stories, but they flow. Where Attack of the Clones, that team it, at the beginning of that movie fragments, and none of those stories flow hey, whatsoever. I'll say, I'll say this, man. What if like they didn't make Attack of the Clones, Revenge of Sith was two, and then three was some like better shit? Wouldn't that have been <laughs> like a better idea i really think they should have uh if we're gonna get back into this discussion i really no, I'm, just, think... I'm just saying like wouldn't it don't you think they should have just skipped that one and because that because revenge of sith is a dark ass movie right like that could have been right. a better part too right if it's gonna be so. the empire I think so. I, I, I really think that it, it should have either been a different part one and then have Revenge of the Sith be part two and part three be the the, the Empire bridge. taking over. Yeah, like the bridge, yeah. the real thing between, you know, so so the end of, of three isn't so too little, like everybody said, too little, too late. That would have been, I never thought about that. They could have just, yeah, right, sorry. Just. <laughs> no, totally. I agree with you totally. And, and I mean, that's what works about Empire is that as the second part, that is the bridge movie between the beginning and the end, it is still on its own 
a completely engaging film with all these divergent stories that for some reason, like they all work. They all feel like, you know, you're engaged and then it breaks off to the next thing, but it's not jarring. Um, All the characters are great and well fleshed out. The battle scenes are epic. Um, The effects work is even when, I mean, Yoda sometimes is a little flappy, but but it's an amazing character. It's, it's well written. It, 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 he he actually feels like there's depth to him, and uh, it, it culminates into a very satisfying conclusion. Uh, Glenn, what is your what's your feeling about Empire overall? I think it is the best of the Star Wars films. The only reason it's not my favorite is because it isn't the first one. <laughs> the first one holds that place for me because. That is the movie. That is Star Wars was the movie that changed movies for me. Empire just took took that and made a made I think the Star Wars universe richer. Yes. Um, and if I if I go on a, on the scale of what I think are my are the best movies ever, this one ranks higher than Star Wars, but not on my favorite movies ever. Uh, yeah. Because of the effect it had in my life. But I remember I saw this. We were on vacation. And uh, I saw this in Eagle River, and I remember walking out of the theater, and uh, how old was I? I was 12? I gashed open my head and tried to do a backflip, because mm-hmm. Luke did one. <laughs> well, <laughs> a flip. I tried to do a flip. And, a fucking volcano. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, just, I was so jazzed by this movie, and uh, I think my parents hated the fact they saw that and then had to spend... Uh, four-hour drive home <laughs> with me jabbering nonstop about it. As much as I liked Star Wars and I really enjoyed Star Wars, I wasn't old enough to grasp anything beyond the fact that it was just a cool fucking space movie. And not saying that I was like some, you know, super advanced, you know, hyper-intelligent 12-year-old, but I got more out of it, obviously, because there was, there was more going on. And I like the fact that, it, in a way, it felt like Star Wars. Uh, looking, this is me looking back, not twelve-year-old me thinking this, but that it matured with me. Mm-hmm. So you had Star Wars, which was this fun, you know, awesome little romp through space. But I'm older now, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big kid now. You know, I'm, I'm practically an adult, dude. I'm twelve, and Star Wars kind of grew up with me, and it got a little, a little more angsty. Um, and stuff like that, and just it's such a good movie, and it's the first time looking back. And the only thing I'll say about the new one is, is Empire is the only time in the Star Wars universe up until the new one where people talk to each other, and it sounded like words people would actually say. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, it's it's yeah, these are actual people having conversations about shit, and and I. I I tried shouting out before, but I also like the fact that this is the second time in the Star Wars universe where Han shoots first. Those doors open, Vader's sitting there. What does Han do? Just starts fucking shooting. Yeah. <laughs> God. You know, he, he don't fuck around, dude. No, he's a doer. He is a doer. That's what makes him crazy. He's the guy who will make it. He'll make that tough call. He's not going to wait around and see, well, maybe Vader just wants to talk. He's like, no, that's fucking Darth Vader. I'm going to shoot him in the fucking I'm going to shoot his ass. It's Darth Vader. <laughs> that never worked. Well, 
Dude, right. that's one of my favorite scenes. That's always been one of my favorite scenes. They're in Cloud City. They're at that dine hall. So the door opens. There's Darth Vader. He just pulls that shit out, starts shooting. And Darth Vader's like, bitch, please. <laughs> well, well, the reason the reason Empire, I think, is everyone's favorite who actually pays attention. Is oh, boy. You're just <sighs> smacking everyone down tonight, Mark. Like, oh, yeah. I, you better you better adhere to what I like <laughs> i'm sorry i've seen some opinions online that just frustrate me so because i'm like do you not pay attention reason <laughs> you know, that's not real life man i'm like give me a break I yeah know. mark I is know. mark is a very angry individual about star wars right now he's got a lot of a lot of feels he's got to get out so let's yeah, let mark pe- have his feels online <laughs> people that's not everybody yeah <laughs> i i know all that is but empire was handled like a movie because it was made by actual movie people and not by George Lucas. You had a director. It wasn't George Lucas who directed it, who wrote it, had the dialogue, Lawrence Kasdan, who went on to write the screenplay for uh, Jedi, as well as the latest force awakens, which is part of the reason why your dialogue at least works better. This was his first screenplay. You know, what was his second screenplay? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So first you have a screenplay written I know, by. So he's doing a little bit. Yeah. So this guy who wrote. This you know, this is third. The chairman of the board with Chip Carrot Top. <laughs> no, <laughs> Please no. tell me that's legit. No, it's you know, not. Though, I don't even know. But he also <laughs> he also wrote he also wrote <laughs> the story to the Big Chill and to uh, uh, Silverado. But I mean, this guy it's written by someone a movie person. It was directed by some, a movie person, and this is handled like a regular movie, <laughs> unlike the prequels, which were handled like. A fan film. I mean, these. That's why part of the reason I think why Empire works so well is it was written by actual movie folks and not just George Lucas. You know, I, I guess it's hard to put into words, but I mean, Irving Irvin Kirshner, uh, who directed this, dude was a veteran man. I mean, this guy, he directed, uh, you know, so many films before. Empire. He direct. He was a big director in TVs as well, TV series. So, uh, Empire was his later film, but he also directed uh, Never Say Never Again later on, and he also directed RoboCop Two, which was his last film to direct. But you know, it, it's experience. Hey, didn't he make Eyes of Laura Mars? Yes, I believe That's he did. Awesome movie. Man. Also, another good one. Uh, I believe he did or was involved in it. But in any case, you had actual movie people. You didn't just have George Lucas, a a green guy making these films. You had people with experience, uh, well, except for the writer, but he was just had talent. Write this. This wasn't just Lucas's show that it was an amalgamation of talented people coming together to form the empire strikes back whereas the prequels were the george lucas show he had control over everything 
and you know <laughs> at least that's the way it seemed and in this one empire yeah i mean this showed people hey you can make a sequel and you can have a sequel be more successful than the original and a black um, person man was in it oh, and a, oh, and a Christian. can we go on about how pimp ass fucking what a player fucking lando carizian is hey don't let this new taste fool you man <laughs> dude well there was some great casting with this too yeah lando carizian uh he was fantastic character you know here he is a, a minority character who's in a position of major power he's running this cloud city and you know he's friends with han and and no one bats an eye and yeah there's just so many good things about empire that come together. I mean, New Hope was the gateway movie for me to introduce me to movies in general, but Empire just really solidified that world. And I think it helped elevate Star Wars into the pop culture because it was a serious film. It wasn't just a genre cash-in. Yeah, Yeah, I, I would agree. So, Let's go ahead and go down the line and let's wrap up Empire Strikes Back here, boys. I have a feeling I know exactly what's going to be said, but fuck it. We'll go through it anyway. Let's do rapid fire here. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Glenn. Thumbs up. Uh, special edition. Thumbs slightly more, less, more towards the up from sideways than they were for the last one. Okay, good. Andrew, thumbs up, thumbs down. I like Thumbs up from Empire Strikes Back, man. Keep in mind, that's one of the best part twos ever. And if there's a whole generation that could just watch Empire or Return of the Jedi right after it, think about when it came out, man. The long-ass wait for part two. What's this movie going to be? And then that ending, having to wait and see what happens next. That's the cliffhanger of all shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Legit. Man. Legit. Um, but uh, special edition to uh, this Empire Strikes Back is the only one I thought that there was some stuff they added to. I like that they put more of that uh, snow snowman monster. He the Wampa. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what? You know the what's what's the name of it? It's a Wampa. A I have Wampa. the action okay. figure. Um. All right, dude. And then they got like uh um oh Cloud City. They put shit in the windows. That was kind of neat, right? Yeah. And, uh, Trying to think, is that the one where they made the 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 band play a different song, or is that in? No, no that's, that's the next one. Okay, we'll talk about that. that in the next one. Okay, anyway, I I'm done then on that. It's just yeah, it's a badass movie, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Greg, thumbs up to both. Okay, cool. I agree with you there, uh, Mark. Yep, thumbs up to both. Even special editions didn't. Uh, take away from this film it did add some great enhancements it was what i was looking for in the special edition of the first one that he didn't do he did do in uh empire so overall yeah both thumbs up yeah both thumbs up for me too and i agree i think the special edition uh the the additions are so minute and so small that essentially it's the same film Mm -hmm. um it just that that wampa scene where there's just more of the monster Fuck. Yeah, and they That's cleaned great. up some of those mat lines, right? In yep. The they, in the second one, they did. They didn't in the first one, but second one, they actually cleaned up more of the special effects yeah. in it. Yeah, uh, good stuff. So all across the board. So let's uh, let's move on. Episode six, folks. Return of the Jedi. <laughs>
Greg, would you like to give a, a quick plot synopsis of what Return of the Jedi is? Sure. Um, found the heroes further on. Our boys uh, and Leia as well are uh, with Jabba, or our Han is rather, and then all of our trio comes back together again. <laughs> and from there, it's more of a situation to find out Luke and his father and all that other good stuff in the final battle and unfortunately the passing Yoda. So I've given the compass right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, we don't need to go too in-depth to apply these things. Yeah, the overall idea is that uh, this is uh, essentially the fall of the Empire. Luke becomes a badass. Um, there's there's some really cute little uh, Ewoks. And uh, then uh, happy ending. That's There's uh, the Return <laughs> of the Jedi. Um, I've always, I, I know this is the one film of the original trilogy that uh, is more divisive than any of the other ones because of a bunch of fucking Ewoks. Why the fuck? I don't get it. I don't understand why people hate the Ewoks so goddamn much. I, when I was a kid, when I went to so- see this movie, I thought they were awesome because I love puppets and I love, I love, uh, I thought it was it was charming and cute again, kind of like the original film. Uh, I just think this movie is fun. It, the 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 first sequence it, uh, when uh, C three PO and R two go to Jabba's palace. I love that whole sequence. I love uh, how emotional uh, Yoda's death is. I love when all uh, they go to uh, it's a trap. And all that and all that shit when they're preparing for you know the uh, Death Star two uh, to kill that thing. And I love I love the Endor stuff. Honestly, um, if if anything that I don't like about this film is the special edition of all three of them is the worst. If it was up to me, and if I got to recommend, do not watch the special edition of this film. They fuck this movie up. They're, they're, the inclusions are pointless. They they actually pull you out of the film, and of course they put Hayden Christensen in at the end instead of you know. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Fuck man. the Dad. actual, you know, Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker. Which made so it, no honestly, sense whatsoever. Hey, is stupid. it true on the Blu-ray from part one they they uh, subbed the Yoda puppet out with a cartoon? Yes. 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 Fuck that. Man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. So I would uh, say. Get, don't even watch Return of the Jedi if you're watching the special editions. Only watch the original version. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts of Return of the Jedi? I like it, man. It's so good. Like, it really ties up those movies because, man, Luke has got full circle, comes in wearing black and shit all like, you know, because you feel like he could kind of be, you know, kind of go evil or not, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it, But, um, you know, there's, there's that whole part where it's like Darth Vader and the Emperor and Luke. He's trying to He's trying to save everybody. He, he saves Han Solo, and then you know they uh, the, they fuck up the new Death Star, so that's cool. And then he's trying to save his dad, you know. And that part where he like, you know, it's like the Emperor's trying to get his own dad to kill him, and then he like, you know, then he then he at the last minute, like as he's about to die, he like saves his his saves Luke and throws the the emperor's old ass off the thing ah, he's fine and that, that electricity's come off his hand like, ah fuck you man that's a that's like a um that's a real heavy man like that's that's a moment that um you know most people when they think of the movie they think about the ewoks ewoks is cool because that's like you know um 
that's it's funny because of the way the prequels are with all that cg and shit and blue screen and everything the ewoks are like (laughs) anti-technology they show that like you know the real rebel uprising that's the most rebel shit in all of the star wars movies they're the biggest rebels of all because they're using sticks and trees and shit to fuck up all the technology you know i always thought right walks were quit and there's one part where one of them is dead it's real sad like a little dead teddy bear you're like hey (laughs) you know yeah don't be a heartless fuck that's emotional shit it is yeah no i agree with you wholeheartedly i i've always thought that this was a, a very fun movie and it's an example the ewoks to me are an example of how you take something that's more geared towards kids and actually give it a little levity like you said there's there i mean there's the point where he die where the one dies and it is kind of sad but the the characters are fun i i just the entire thing and then you have the you have um the what are those uh bikes that they use speeder bikes. The, woods, the, the speeder speed. bikes yeah those scenes are fucking awesome oh the yeah, motorcycle thing right those yeah, oh yeah. man my yeah, dad had a model nice. of those that he he uh put together like he bought the model kit and shit yeah yeah that's that bike. Yeah. that was cool i forgot about that yeah yeah those shit that shit's pretty cool glenn what do you scene. think of, yeah it is i love that scene man uh glenn what do you think of this this flick i mostly like it um, the only thing I don't is is some of the Ewok stuff. There we go. Now, <laughs> as I said, some of the Ewok stuff. I like the majority of it. Um, the the some of, one of the things that bothers me is that at times they do really cool stuff with how the Ewoks deal with stormtroopers and especially the scout walkers, where they crush it with the two fucking logs. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But, have all the logs rolling so that the thing can't get its feet. That's great. But then we're like shooting little wooden arrows at dudes in basically armor, and the servers are all like, ah, ah, I can do nothing because I'm being pelted with pebbles in my suit of armor. It bothered me at, at that point. And I'm like, I, I wish they had, had them throwing like giant fucking rocks. Just, uh, you, you know what it is, Glenn? It's the element of surprise, homie. They, they they catch them off guard because they're like, I didn't think y'all could do shit. And, you know, so that's part of it. They got the element of surprise. They're like, oh, look, a teddy bear. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. But then I also know, you know what, what we did to some dudes who had just arrows. And, yeah. you know, if, if there hadn't been at least one decent person amongst all the European settlers, there wouldn't be a Native American left to tell you their 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 tales of woe um but that's it's a petty little thing so it doesn't really ruin the movie for me i love the fact that you get some you get some great uh uh little moments i love this the speaker bike scenes they're fantastic um and i love the fact that there are little little things in the movie, and this actually is with the Ewoks, that are great because, like, the fact that they capture all the heroes, <laughs> they're basically going to cook them. They're going to eat them. And, of course, they don't because they're the heroes. But at the end, you see them banging on, like, drums, like, on Stormtrooper helmets, and I'm like, I know it's on the menu tonight. They're having, they're having Stormtrooper stew is what they're having. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. And I'm like, and... I like the fact that you have that in there because it kind of showed the fact that, uh, you know, it's that's 
these are these are still you know quote unquote they're not human they're aliens you know these are not they're savages they're savages and <laughs> but even even that you know it's the fact that they're they're eating something that's not them I mean I, I had an argument of, with someone of whether or not that's cannibalism like it's not cannibalism is it cannibalism that the person eats a monkey no it's not even if it's a really smart monkey it's still not. And stormtroopers are, aren't much smarter than monkeys. <laughs> so, but the, but they're all Django fat. And we, Django. We saw how, we saw how, we saw <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, actually they aren't. <clears throat> okay. Anyways, let's not get into that. Sorry. All right. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, but you get you just get some, some great little moments. The whole with with the emperor and Luke. It's just those are just are just great moments of film and. You actually, yeah, you get to see Luke kind of come to a bit of peace with himself. He's got this badass thing going for him, but you can still see, even at the start, he does some things that a Jedi, you know, a, a you know, light side of the Force Jedi shouldn't do. Like when he force chokes that Grimorian guard, he's not supposed to do that. That's a that's a dark side thing to do. You don't you don't choke people with the Force. That's that's bad. And you know you can. It's it's a little hurt by the fact that Lucas can't write dialogue, and he makes actors horrible. And Hamill, while I think he does great voice acting work, he's just a mediocre actor. And given what he has to work with, I think he does a pretty good job of at least portraying some of that conflict, which is great. I honestly have zero zero problems with Hamill in the in this movie. I think Luke is is. He, he's got, like he said, I like the fact that he's kind of that bridge between the light and the dark side in this flick. And at the end, you know, I think it's a satisfying conclusion to yeah. this series. Um, yeah. Greg, your thoughts. So opening sequence to Jabba's death. Awesome. Admiral Brack, uh, Admiral Akbar uh, leading the, the movement. Awesome. Um, yeah. The Ewoks, you know, I mean, there's the rumor out there that uh, that uh, Lucas said, hey, you can't uh, make a movie full of Chewbacca's, Chewbacca Island. And uh, Lucas said, want to bet? And then created the Ewoks. So, yeah, um, the Ewoks kind of take me out of it big time. But near the end, um, there's nothing that pulls at the heartstrings. I mean, that's that's really, really powerful stuff with the... I believe it was like a Russian chorus and what have you in the background there. Mm-hmm. So I'm still a fan. <laughs> Wait, yeah. it was supposed to, it was going to be a planet of Chewbacca's instead? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was. Been bad it was eventually, it was supposed to be Keshik, but then that kind of. Beats, Why did they do that? Well, because it defeats the line of dialogue they have in the beginning of Jabba's when he goes, ah, the last of the mighty Chewbacca. Uh, or the last of the mighty Wookiees. What the hell? Why would he? Man, that would have been. I like the Ewoks, but a whole bunch of Chewbacca would have been the shit, dude. That's why. That's why that battle of of Keshek in part three, in episode three, you know, that's a scene where I'm like, man, this could have been so badass, and it's just kind of man. I didn't know that, man. Yeah, it was. I like the the Ewoks, but man, a bunch of Chewbacca's that would have been a jam. Yeah. Instead, we we have the holiday special where it's uh, a whole twenty thirty know. minutes of Chewbacca's talking back and forth. Uh, uh, oh, Mark, shit, is go that ahead. Canon? Are we are we doing that one? No, we're not going to talk about that one. <laughs> uh, Mark, go ahead. Return of the Jedi. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a 
it was a good bookend. Uh, I will agree that it, it's two big battles, and uh, you know it gets kind of a, a, a lull in the middle there. Uh, again, though, this is a this is the second film. I didn't get to mention it during Empire. Empire was the first film. You get the big reveal that Vader is Luke's dad. Okay, which if you watch the prequels in order, totally be nuts empire as far as that reveal goes when that reveal happened in empire that made everybody's mouth drop they're like holy shit and then you get into jedi and luke is taken off and you've got uh obi-wan going that boy's our only hope you know our last hope and you got uh yoda going no there is another and you're like what is the nother? Well, if you watch the fucking prequels, you know what the nother is. So it totally takes away what is a really cool scene and makes the entire audience go, who's the other? What the, What other? What? He's got a sibling? Who else? I don't think you're supposed to watch it in number order, dude. No, you're not. But you're I, but, but what I'm saying is that a lot of people do. And, and the pre, that's what frustrated me with the prequels was the fact that it took the wind, took some of the wind out of the big reveal in Empire, and it takes it further out in Jedi. With that said, Luke, I really love Luke in Jedi. I, I love how his character has grown. It felt the growth that Luke has taken is really, you know, the maturity really is there and you're still not sure even when he's fighting Vader, if he's actually going to do the deed or not, <laughs> you know, he, he, he does have that little evil spark in him. And uh, yeah. And then wedge Antilles who, who's proved to be through all three films, the coolest side character ever in movie because he's helped blow up, two death stars and was at the battle of <laughs> yeah you don't fuck around player you don't fuck around so no jedi jedi was a good bookend it did feel a little bit more uh, uh toy commercialist but that last battle at the death the death star too oh i watch that constantly I, I'd rewind and watch where they come out of hyperspace and they're taking the fleet on and you got that going on along with the lightsaber battle on the Death Star and the exactly. battle the battle going on in Endor, the way they jump between all three of those, you're just on the edge of your seat because you're just like, holy shit, it got real. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty epic. It's pretty epic. So let's go ahead and go across the board and give her a thumbs up and thumbs down. Glenn. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, thumbs up. Good, good, not, not good. Not as much as Vampire, but still thumbs up. Special edition. What special edition? Exactly. Hey. That's what I thought. That's a thumbs down. Andrew, thumbs up, thumbs up. Hey, hey thumbs up on Return of the Jedi, man. It's a cool movie. Like, I, I really, really like it, and it ends the series on a high note. And if that was the only, the last Star Wars movie that ever was, you know, that would have been fine. It would have been great. It would have been three great. And for a long time, it was, man. Everybody was cool with it. Everybody, yeah. nobody was like, oh, man, they didn't mean in the man. Nobody did that. Um, nope. For the special edition, no, man, because uh, earlier I was like, which? what was the one where they put that stupid-ass song in it? Yeah. Right? Oh, but, but isn't this? Isn't Jedi the one with the only one that has titty? Isn't there, like, nudity, partial nudity from... That green lady with the yeah, there is. On. I, there's about four seconds of actual breast that shows because when she uh, just before she drops in her uh, costume moves and she does have a green pasty on 
not that I've watched this at all, but it does actually show a bare breast, and it's the only bare breast. We all know Wars. that we all know that Mark masturbated to this movie. It, hey, his but, v, his VHS tape warbled at that point every single time he watched it. <laughs> nah, man, and I should mention too, man. The Princess Leia in the metal bikini was was hot, man. Not as hot as no bra in uh, part one, but it was pretty it was pretty rad. And um. Remember in Human Centipede 3 podcast where I said uh, when he was getting a uh, blowjob, I said they, they showed him the scene where Jabba gets choked. Yep. There you they go, looked right exactly there. the same. They looked yep. the same. Wow. They look exactly the same. Yeah. Way to come full circle. Love it. Love it. Right love it. <laughs> uh, Greg, thumbs up, thumbs down. All right. Thumbs up on the real movie. <laughs> I like that. Big old thumbs down on the special edition Ugh, they really the, fucking shit the bed on that one brother what else did they put in there man i don't even remember not only one added song but there's two all right yeah. I, the I can, end song i can deal deal with the addition in java's scene Ugh. but that final moment at the end of the movie where it shows everyone rejoicing i mean i remember i remember seeing the special edition in the theater and i loudly exclaimed that's bullshit <laughs> they made it like um like New Year's Eve or some shit. Like it yeah. shows every planet. Yep. Oh and they got God. rid of the amazing Yub Yub song. What? That's right. How dare they? What? The, the the that wasn't I don't even remember. I don't no, seen it that long. No, the, the special edition, that final song, it didn't match the what was it did not match at all what was going on with it was so anticlimactic. Yeah, and it they felt the need to go through all the different planets. But they cut um, out the Ewok song? Yes. Yep. But they changed the Ewok song. It was no no longer the happy Ewok song that you got. Jesus. And then they and then they replaced probably this uh, Jedi special edition shat all over Jedi, the original version. Even, oh, totally. I, because it was totally disrespectful. I mean, the scene alone in Jabba's Palace, the work that ILM guys did to get Cy Snoodles to sing with the moving lips and that, that puppet, to get that to work. The work that they put in for Cy Snoodles' band was in amazing. And what did they do? They replaced it with a piece of ugly-looking shit CGI. Oh, and it, it, there's no doubt. Wait, they erased the original effect? Oh, yeah. yeah no, it's a completely CGI thing. Man, what a shitty thing for him to do, man! It looks like a music video. Yeah, it looks like the Star Wars movies video. are known for being like innovative with special effects. I don't see why you would do that. Yeah, and he completely eliminated that and added some odd second singer with it. Added a new song, and it was just like with the ending of it. He replaced one of the original characters, who was the guy in the Vader suit. He replaced him with freaking Hayden Christensen. <laughs> And he showed really badly CGI'd map paintings <laughs> of the other planets with oh. a different song that doesn't fit what happens in the end. The oh, end right. The um, Aerosmith, Run DMC, and Java Band thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's horrible. Like, the special edition is just an atrocity. Uh, Mark, thumbs up, thumbs down on Jedi. Up for original. It's the only one you should watch. The The special edition is definitely uh, uh, epitome of special ed version. Don't watch it. Just Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 the worst. I'm gonna agree with Mark totally on this one. Thumbs way up uh, for me on Return of the Jedi. I've always loved this movie. Thumbs as far down as possible. It's an abomination. It's stupid. It's the epitome of somebody that's got some new toys that wants to tinker around and has the platform to do so. So that's it, folks. We're gonna take a break here, and then when we come back, the moment everybody's been waiting for we've just spent all this time talking about all these other films now we're gonna finally talk and break it apart and we're going to we're gonna spoil the fuck out of it so even if you haven't seen the force awakens you're going to you're gonna hate us you're gonna be internet furious because we're bringing the spoilers so uh let's take a break folks and when we come back episode seven is on the plate Is it true that um, Spielberg directed the beginning of three? I thought I heard that somewhere. Maybe one of, of, of Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Wow, that, that, that battle scene? Yeah, something like that. Like maybe oh, that's okay, guys, I'm back. That's I have no idea. What's up? Uh, before we get into it, Mark, uh, uh, Andrew was wondering, is it true Spielberg directed the first scene of Revenge of the Sith? There are um, talks that he did or had input on how it was directed. Yeah, I, I've never looked past to dig further. But yeah, the story is that Spielberg did direct that whole first kind of sequence. Because somebody, I think Derek, it might have been you. Somebody was saying how good that part was. And I'm like, I actually like that part. Yeah, I do. I yeah, think I, it's cool. I I do believe that Spielberg did. Uh, that's at least the story that uh, Spielberg directed part of that. Yeah, and I think Toby Hooper directed the part with Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you were my brother. To sit there for a long time, and and the meat was going bad. <laughs> Definitely, definitely have to throw it out there that you know Lynch was in talks to direct Return of the Jedi. Yes, right? yes, that is true. It's known as Revenge of the Jedi, <laughs> right? Because those posters, right? Like you can, right? Like, they've got those. I've seen that. But if he would have been the director for Revenge, wow. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, here is the actual story from a uh, 
interview that was done by an author. He, uh, director Spielberg, was involved in some of the anima, uh, animatic sequences in the film. And uh, George explains he gave Spielberg a few scenes to play with at the animatic stage, a bit of the Mustafar duel and Yoda's duel with the Emperor, along with a couple others. How much of Spielberg's contribution in the film is only known to Lucas and Spielberg? <laughs> Man, that's, so, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. So it's bullshit. So yeah, I would suspect that Spielberg, the way that first uh, opening battle sequence and everything about it is, I would say that's Spielberg there if you look at it. Well, it's it good, then it is. It has his flavor, his style in that. All right, folks, we're back. Um, yeah, is if you didn't know, there was a little movie that came out this last weekend, shattered box office records, more than likely never to be broken, well, until they start charging $30 a ticket, called The Force Awakens Episode 7. We've been waiting forever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Everybody knows exactly all the bullshit. Let's just break, get right to it. I don't even want a plot synopsis. I don't want shit. Let's just get down to the nitty-gritty, folks. We went and saw it. Some of us saw it multiple times. Okay, I'm not going to talk for a little bit. I'm going to let Greg Johnson start. Greg Johnson, Force, Force Awakens, you just got out of it hours ago, literally right before we started recording this. I want to hear your thoughts about this flick. All right, so I saw it Friday morning at 6 a.m., and I was in the theater with about 20 people. Good experience. Today, when I saw it at five, uh, the half of the theater was full. People were clapping and hooting and hollering. I mean, this is a film to be seen with a, a theater full of people. That's just the way that, that is. What did I think about it? Fucking loved it. Um, well, let's let's before we get into it, we're just gonna say if you haven't seen this film, we're spoiling the crap out of it. Don't give a fuck if you like it or not. All you internet uh, people that want to sit and bitch and moan about spoilers, we're doing it. Right, go. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this is Han's movie again, folks. And uh, Ford back into the role, absolutely incredible. You think he did a really solid job? You think they handled that character well and he came back and, and did a good job? Absolutely. Uh, Daisy, what's her last name? Riley. Really? Really? Absolutely phenomenal as well. I mean, you know, she's she's kind of the focal. Um, she's the hero that we follow through this. Han is kind of secondary, but by the end, by the middle, you know, he's he's basically the one who's it's his story. Um, so yeah, I thought uh, Daisy was wonderful. I thought uh, John Boyega was phenomenal. They just brought a nuance that you didn't see actually in the original uh trio i mean both of these folks honestly uh much more talented actors than carrie fisher mark hamill i mean they could carry their weight mm -hmm. uh, you know for being a two and two and about two and a quarter maybe i think it felt like 15 minutes i mean it really would, did would you say maybe because that it's basically just a rehash of a new hope no, <laughs> I, it 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 moved. It moved in about fifteen minutes. I mean, it was, so, it was so are really you fun. telling me? Are you telling me that this is not a basic rehash of a No Hope? Is that what you're trying to tell me here, Greg? 
That's what I'm telling you, man. Oh, that's bullshit. I want to hear that because it is. It is. <laughs> is that a bad thing? No, I don't think so. Um, but there's a lot of things that were similar. Do any other folks have that feeling? Oh, yeah. It's there. But the thing is, what they've established in the Star Wars lore, and again, I'm not going by Expanded Universe. I'm going by what I I followed, which was just the films. They show the history repeats itself between the good and evil. So the fact that it's it's basically a new hope kind of again didn't take away from me from the film because this is one where the that story is just the backdrop for us to learn to to follow the characters. Uh, but I'll I'll let Greg go. I'll I'll wait till my part about how I felt about the film more, but I'm, I'm just saying uh, as far as the rehash goes, you know, that's fine for me. Them taking on that planet was secondary to all the stuff they did with the characters themselves. Right. Well, and I don't mean it as a derogatory thing. No, when I say it's but people do- a new hope. It just, the basic, the basic premise is, is, is very similar. It, 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 but the thing is star Wars, it, it's done this multiple times as you mm-hmm. as you said so really it didn't bother me whatsoever because everything felt fun again uh the story had a great pace to it it, it was slow when it needed to be slow it was nuanced when it needed to be nuanced and then when it needed to be kick-ass holy fuck was it kick-ass let me uh, i don't know about you folks but that fucking millennial falcon sequence where they're flying around on on Tatooine, God damn, or whatever that plant was, Jakku. God damn, that was awesome. Jakku, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did What did you think, Andrew? Oh man, that was badass, man. It's it's uh, it's my new favorite. It, uh, Empire was my favorite for all these years, and then this one is to me uh, is my new favorite. I just, you know, I'm a big proponent of female characters in movies, you know, and that's the one thing about the Star Wars series it just never had, and why it wasn't a thing I kept revisiting in my adult life. Cause I like, you know, that's just, that's something that's important to me in, you know, in my own work and just, you know, as a critic and all this stuff, I was so happy about that, you know, cause like in order to get it, it's a new trilogy, right? So you like, right. you know, the last three is over new one start. You got to get back to zero. And if it means taking you back to like a Luke Skywalker begin style beginning, that's a good way to start. You know, because that's that's a good way to hook the the audience in. But yeah, man, I just I like the I like Ray so much. I bought a poster of her, and I haven't bought a shit of Star Wars. And um, I like uh, what's uh, the 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 Phantasm Phasma Phasma Captain Phasma, all of that stuff. It's just and and Moses Ninja from Attack the Block. (laughs) Man, I just like how funny it was again. You know, and how how the dialogue, like Mark was saying, like it just felt like a real ass movie. You know, all the I was excited for it. I really was. And it didn't let me down at all. It's, yeah, I like it the most now. Mm, yeah, I thought it, I, I agree with you that it was funny when it needed to be funny. It was uh, serious when it needed to be serious. The emotional parts actually resonated. Um, I, I think, you know, as we're spoiling it, I think. The, the the point where Kylo Ren in the epic uh, meeting of him and his dad, Han Solo, when that happened, there was weight. There was weight to that. In a way, you know, man, like that was kind of like doing the first 
three and all in one movie in that kind of that regard. Like they kind of mm-hmm. hit a lot of the notes from all three because that yep. was a very Empire like part right there. They stole the shot. I mean, the shot that when Han was walking onto that plank, that's the same first visual we got when Luke was walking on the plank to meet Vader in Cloud City. Mm. So, you know, when I saw that happen and I'm like, well, we know what's going to happen. It's just yeah. the way of, it yeah. was executed. Right. Or it was rather. But that was rough because um, at that point you like Han Solo so much just in that movie alone. You know, right. and you're like, fuck, man. The, right. the only thing, and it's really, really technical for me, but because we knew that that lightsaber was going to come into the upside down cross, the way that it was positioned in his hand, there wasn't any question about what was going to happen next for me. I mean, for me personally, um, I would have loved to see Han, you know, ignite the detonators and everything would have blown. But, you know, he would have gone out much more as a hero. What can you do? He went out as somebody that cared about the individual as opposed to some badass. Well, he had an arc. They gave him an arc. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, and the thing was, too, is that, you know, that was the first time that we saw Han actually make a strictly adult decision. You know? Mm I mean, he made the decision to try to connect with his son that maybe he neglected. We don't know yet, whatever. Um, But at that moment, he actually manned up and made that decision to try to stop things. I thought that that part was was great. And and I think, you know, uh, J.J. Abrams and Disney have downplayed the expanded universe, claiming that, you know, we're just throwing this all out. None of this matters anymore. A lot of what The Force Awakens is has come from the expanded universe. A lot of the details, a lot. It's it's basically like taking what was written of the expanded universe after Jedi and kind of how do we remix this and make it new? Because a lot of the ideas of like Leia and Han's kids and then... And then uh, Luke going off being uh, like the leader of a Jedi uh, camp where he's training younglings. Now, all this stuff is in this new movie. Is It's periphery stuff, but uh, it's all still there. So they really didn't get rid of the expanded universe. What do you think of this, Mark? I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, it didn't bug me that it was a redone pretty much down at its core, kind of a redone to the new hope. I didn't care because I liked the characters. One thing JJ Abrams did with this, which is what he did actually. And I'm going to invoke the name of star Trek. What he did with the star Trek remake uh, to a certain point is he knows how to handle characters. Story is all right, but you don't really, to me, it was all about the characters. How are they going to handle the characters and everything in force awakens for As I put it in my review as a movie by itself, it's an all right movie. It's decent. It's entertaining. It it hits all its points, but this felt for the first time in a long time, like an actual natural star Wars film, the characters had growth and we learn about their history and that history felt natural. It, It felt like, okay, I can see that. I can see this happening. I can see, 
Luke doing this. I could see Han and Leia splitting and Han doing what he's been doing and searching for the Falcon. You, you know, as far as the original characters go, they handled them very well. And then the new characters, oh my lord, I love John uh, Boyega. I've loved him since Attack on the Block, and I really enjoyed his character and the First Order. For me, uh, the only thing I think with this one and after watching it a second time, because I, I, I went twice to the theater, and I'll probably go once or more if I can sneak out to it. Um, the second time around, I appreciated the villains a lot more. And it was after I did my review, because in my review, I said the villains kind of felt like they did the villains in the uh, Marvel Universe, in that the villains, they're kind of developed, but kind of not. We're still focused more on the hero characters, which I loved. But the way they promoted the film and they kept featuring Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren in this one, he does do the badass thing to his father, but still, if you look at the way his character is handled, there's some points that are good, but there's a lot of points to where you're like, man, he's just as a whiny brat as, as Anakin. (laughs) I I couldn't disagree with you more. I honestly Uh thought his character of, of, any of i mean set aside darth vader in in return the jedi this was the first bad guy in this series that i thought had an actual arc that i thought started off as a badass that continued to be a badass and then as the story went along you learned more about his backstory and when it reached to the point where um him in his uh epic battle at the end Mm -hmm. I actually thought he was the most well-rounded of the bad guys up until this point for one film. I loved that character. I thought he was great when he took off the mask and he became a person. Mm-hmm. I thought was an uh, a brilliant move, an absolute brilliant move. I loved that character. Glenn, what did what, I know you haven't chimed in yet. What did you think of the Kylo Ren character? I liked him. I think he really exemplifies the dark side in a lot of ways because he's kind of arrogant and he's cruel and he's vicious, but he's also a little unhinged. He's a little he's out uh, of control. He's a little out of control. Um, I mean, the fact, I mean, the fucking scene where that fan can deflect blaster shots. Yeah, Kylo can fucking stop them in midair. He can stop a blaster shot in midair. Just leave it hanging there until he decides he'll let it just keep going. I mean, that's that was pretty fucking badass. And yeah, the fact that he's also the most human, I guess, of the villains we have in the Star Wars universe. That, that as you said, the whole point where he takes his mask off, his helmet off, and he actually, he is a conflicted person. You don't get that with, you don't get that with a lot of villains in anything, really. They just simply are, they're bad guys because they are bad guys. But this is someone who actually, there is conflict in him. And it's done in a way that was not done in the prequels, where it's just simply, there's conflict. They'll go kill kids. This is the, there's, he's actually a conflicted person. And he's, except, you know, he's trying to be this bad guy, as opposed to when, you know, Anakin fell, he was trying to be a good guy who fell to bad. This guy's trying to be bad, but he can't get over that goodness in him. Well, and, and as I said, I appreciated it more after my review. In my review, I said that, They were underdeveloped, but watching it, I saw what they were doing. And I think I have to see it a third time to really appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) You, Mark, you, Mark, you are a Mark. 
No, I didn't. No, I, I'm telling you, what my first impression when I watched it, I thought they were underdeveloped. Second time, I appreciated the character more, though I still think they get a little shortchanged. And uh, uh, Phasma, I hope we see her again because I wanted to see more screen time with her because they built her up, gave her a character uh, poster, and she was only on a few minutes. So yeah, she, that was the one character in this movie that I was disappointed in because it just like it, it, you got all this build up, and I know this is part of the the you know the media blitz machine is that they need they need images in order to sell you on this movie, and unfortunately, this cool concepted character just was nothing in this movie. She, she really wasn't even uh, she didn't even factor into anything to be honest. I mean, it's a cool look, it's a cool idea. But ultimately, it has no real point in the movie whatsoever. Glenn, ultimately, what did you what did you think of the Force Awakens? It's just another film that has been ruined by you, social justice warriors, with your wanting to have women who can do things, and black people who can't just be bad guys and slaves. <laughs> um, was the idiot I was arguing with earlier. No. Um, I liked it. I don't think it was great, but part of that is because, as I talk about the original Star Wars, it's the original Star Wars is so embedded in me that nothing will ever recapture that for me. It's just, it's not for me. It's not possible. I know I can't go to that place again, but I love the fact that you get new blood that is actually allowed to do something. You know, as much as as Han shows up and has his little shtick, you still get to see people doing things and uh, the new the new people doing things. You can see Daisy you know, Ridley doing things. You can see John Boyega actually having some emotion and character. And yes, you actually have people who talk to each other and sound like people, which is great. My only two, two complaints I have about it is one, I never want to see another fucking Death Star again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm done with, with that whole idea of the big, if they if there's another one in the universe, I I'm just be like, come on guys, you're better than this. And yeah, it's just an easy conceit. It's just an easy trope to fall back on to have you know while they while they sit and have to try and you know pull everyone together to fight this one thing. Now it's been established, so it's easy for them while they sit and focus on you know the characters and stuff like that. So it, it didn't bother me too much, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's time to move on. Yeah, and uh, and the other part was I went into this movie thinking to myself, they're gonna kill Han Solo. Harrison Ford is like what? He's like 124 years old. Uh, you know, if they're gonna kill someone, they're gonna kill him. They're because like, they're not gonna kill. They're not gonna kill Leia. Obviously, they're not, they're not gonna kill one of the brand new people. They have to kill someone someone older, and it's not gonna be Luke. So I'm like. It's going to be Chewie or Han. No, they won't kill Chewie. They tried that in the books, and people lost their shit over it. <laughs> uh, and as soon as as soon as Leia said to him, "If you see our son, bring him back," I'm like, "Oh, Han's dead." Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's toast. Dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's going to confront his son, and he's going to end up being killed by his son. And going out, you know, all noble and heroic, because you know he he still, despite what what Kylo Ren had done, he still looked at him as you're still my son. Yeah. And that, that, you know, as, as much as I saw it coming and, and I think Andrew was, was I really wanted to point out how, how he was holding the lightsaber. Yep. I'm, oh, like, I'm like, yeah, it's, right, yeah, it's so obviously coming, but still when it happened, I'm like, <clears throat> damn. And they show him fall. And I'm like, fuck you guys. I saw it coming. <laughs> and you still, still, still make no, damn it. 
Han Solo, also, really? I mean, Ford, Ford wanted to die off way back in uh, Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah, he had an interview yeah. that said that if they ever brought him back, he would want to be killed off. It was more well, of a drama than a surprise, you know? Did, yeah, you, hear no, how much, exactly. did you hear how much he got paid for this, apparently? Uh, apparently he got $34 million plus some of the profit. Oh, he, he, he could very well be the highest paid actor in a film ever after this movie's done. <laughs> Apparently his salary was 76 times that of Daisy Ridley. <laughs> well, and, and 16 times that of Carrie Fisher. Well, Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, wasn't all that great in this film. No. But she serves her purpose. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. See, my, uh, my problems are very minuscule, and they're very – honestly, I, I feel bad for Ethan bringing them up because they're nitpicky and they're stupid. I, at the end of the day, I thought Force Awakens was a damn fun movie. Oh, yeah. And, and I've always fun. been – yeah, go ahead, Glenn. I was going to say, I just – I loved little little things that were happening – you have what's happening on the screen in front of you, and then there's little things happening behind you so often. I love the whole scene where they're at the that you know that basically that watering hole uh, was it Maz's place, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, the stormtroopers attack, and then the rebels show up, and here you've got you know Han and Chewie and them running <laughs> around in these ruins, and in the background you just see there's Poe. Blow up Tie Fighter, blow up Tie Fighter, blow up Tie Fighter, blow up Tie Fighter, just zipping through and just blowing them up one by one in the background, like you know, it's just this backdrop of him just zipping through, and I'm like, that's pretty damn cool. You've got this whole thing going on in the background where you're focusing on this fight, but there's this whole other fight going on, and they get yeah. to show you that little bit. So, did you guys? Did any of you guys see this in 3D? I did, yeah. I thought it, you know, I went and saw it in 3D, not because I looked out to go see it in 3D. I saw it because it was the next available show. And uh, I really thought it brought a great dimension. It was subtle. It was cool when it needed to. It wasn't super in your face. I really loved it in 3D. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like as good as Prometheus was in 3D. But I think they had the like sets done done in with 3D in mind in that one. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I I I think CG looks better in 3D for some reason, you know. And I know mm-hmm. the big selling point of this one was how they weren't gonna do, they weren't gonna go crazy and they were gonna do all practical or as much as you know or a marriage of practical and CG. The only thing I was disappointed in, if if anything, was that they had the fucking that giant Lord of the Rings looking guy. Oh yeah. I was like, man, why? You talk about, you know, like, you know, all the practical effects, and then you're gonna go do a giant CG thing, and then the monster that was inside that one place that was like the tentacle monster, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah. when they did do full CG creatures, that it just made every, it made it the others, it made it it look worse because there was so much other real shit, you know. Right, I, mean? I agree. And and I think I I may be alone on this, but the the one uh, the small character with the the little googly eyes uh, that uh, leads uh, the lead character to Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, I thought that looked like shit. It did, man. That's Lupita Nyong'o, man. Why the fuck can't they just put her in a movie? Like there was pictures of her with the mocap dots on her face. Yeah. Why can't that just be the way she looks as an alien? White dots on her face. Why couldn't they just have had her? 
<laughs> you know, I don't understand, man. I, 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 that, that I still like it a lot, but sh- son of a Well, bitch, that what blew, that's what blew me away is why did she have to be an alien there? Why couldn't she just be some ancient human or whatnot, you know, right. or, or, or do some makeup effect on her or a, pros- <laughs> a single prosthetic to make her seem other than just a normal human or whatnot. Because only know. one black person but... per Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's an embargo. You get a, it, it, it's part of the, it's part of the contract. If, if I'm going to really bitch about anything and everything i've said so far has been very minor and this is a totally me thing i want i was on the edge of my seat the entire fucking movie for luke skywalker (laughs) i was just like when is this motherfucker showing up already and then last two shots and i was just like Oh, that was cool, but fuck, I wanted him in that goddamn movie. The whole fucking movie. Man, never you know, up. I was the same way, man, but now that I think about it, had he shown up any earlier, all you would have cared about was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, That's yeah, why true. I didn't have him. Like, if he had been the main character, you wouldn't have given a fuck about anything else. <laughs> he got, he yeah. got pulled, he got pulled so you could do the Han arc and you can focus on the new characters because, yeah, everybody wanted to see Luke, but you put Luke in there and. Yeah, it's over if you put him in there. You have to change yeah. the story. Plus, you leave Luke in the end because you did the Han thing. You've just pretty much knocked the feet out from all the people who have watched the original trilogy. Second viewing, I'm a horrible person. I'll admit it now. On the second viewing, when I knew it was coming, instead of looking at the screen, I looked at the audience. Well, no, and Han got it. And I watched like half the all the audience their mouths drop and then like half mm-hmm. of them were pulling out tissues and then i was looking around like five minutes later people were still crying except the guy that from uh green inferno he was masturbating yeah he yeah, was in the corner but, masturbating that, that was me yeah that, yeah that guy was but so you do the look reveal at the end so at least they're like oh at least it's a little bit of a positive note because those people were crying all the way through to Luke show. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was. Uh, I gotta be honest. I was like toward the end there. I'm like, oh fuck. Where's His hand Luke looked going? too small. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> See, the, the fake hand. It looked too small, right? It looked like he had a little little baby screen, uh, scary movie two hand. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That oh. that final scene though, where, where she's going up the rocks, that actually took me out of the movie completely. Because, Why did you say I, that, because I saw that I'm like, oh, that's kind of like Michael. That's off the coast of Ireland, uh, County Kerry. It was an old Christian monastery. I knew exactly where that. I mean, I oh. I I wrote a paper on that place in college. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, Luke's in. Well, no, they, no wonder they couldn't find him. He's fucking hiding in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I just saw it, and I kept on thinking uh, of uh, uh, High High Road to China, (laughs) (laughs) where they're walking up the huge hill. I kept thinking of High Road to China. Up there, it's gonna guy with the cloak is going to turn around you think it's Luke and it's fucking Magnum P.I. What the hell? <laughs> oh, man. If it would have been Tom Selleck, goddamn. I would have been, been clapping. <laughs> that's a good cliffhanger, though. For, for That's a good solid ending, man. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I in, in, in thinking about it in retrospect, I mean, it was just my expectation. I was just jacked to see Luke 
on screen again. And then when it was the end, I'm like, okay, well, the, oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. See, and seeing him with his daughter is just perfect. Yeah, at least they showed him, you know? Like, I was afraid they were going to do, like, like the end of one of JJ's TV shows where you get to the fucking end of it, and you're like, what? Nothing? They're all dead. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, that season yeah. went lost. I didn't even show you what was in the fucking hatch. I hated him. Yeah. Well, all the until Sunday, Star Trek, I hated him. She she walks she walks up, sees a cloaked dude, ends all of a sudden you hear the end. But uh no, so overall, folks, let's go ahead and give our thumbs up and thumbs down on the Force Awakens. Hijinks aside, Glenn. Oh yeah, it's a thumbs up. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean nothing could have lived up to the hype that they were pumping out, but I knew that going in. So I tempered my expectations as a as long as it's as good as Jedi, I'll be thrilled as long as it's better than uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. um, I'll be okay. And it was actually, in my opinion, better than Jedi, almost as good as Star Wars and sitting probably just a notch behind Empire Strikes Back. So. Mm, wow interesting andrew uh thumbs up dude i really loved it man i really would like to go see it again i don't know if i'll have time but it's you know i think they finally realized and thank goodness man uh that star wars is so big that it's like bigger than the movies it's a cultural thing and it belongs to the people that love it just as much as it does more so than the person that created it. And it's like, you know, like jazz or anything else, man. And so really having the fans in mind when they made it, it's like, let's pick it up from the last movie, not do some, you know what I mean? It was a smart way to do it. And to be honest, because of that approach, I'll go see, I'll, I'll go watch star Wars movies until, you know, until forever, until I'm dead. As long as I don't have to know a lot of shit when I watch each one, I want them yeah. to be movies that could stand on their own. I don't, I don't like anything where I have to know a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Or remember a lot of shit. I'm sorry. I know that sounds weird coming from a professional uh, film journalist, but I don't, I don't want to have to have all that in my head when I go. Just, just be a good movie. That's all I want. Right. Right. No, I agree with you totally. Uh, Greg, thumbs up. Uh, it's number two for me with Empire being first. Um, we waited 30 years for this film and it was well worth it. Awesome. Awesome. Mark. Yeah, it's a, it was a thumbs up. And I think part of it was I took my two boys to the premiere. It was their first movie premiere. We saw the seven o'clock showing. So we saw the very first showing opening night at the only theater in town. And this is probably the biggest event movie that you could say uh, they've been to. And watching them uh, on the edge of their seats, watching their mouths drop, seeing them react to a film like they did, like I did, like I was. We, We were all the same age in that audience when we watched that film, which you don't see that often anymore. And that's why I think Force Awakens for me is tied with A New Hope. And both of those are just under Empire. Um, But that meant so much to me that they were into it like I was getting into it, you know. And the whole audience, 
we all watch movies and especially Andrew, we've gone to premieres of the, the other quote unquote franchise films. And you see a certain demographic. I'm going to say right now, this is the first film in many, many years. Hell, maybe even since the uh, revenge of the Sith came out where you had a wide demographic from, from kids to older adults, older than I, all in the audience together, a great mixture, and everybody reacting the same way, everybody enjoying this film the same way. You, you know, that experience alone made this film, you know, the, the one that we were hoping it would be. Seeing my boys like that meant so much to me that they were able to get into it because they're teenagers, they're, they're, they're cynical. And we get the movie done, and they both looked at me and he said, five out of five, Dad this movie they loved it they had a few little nitpicky things but still and seeing the whole audience react and just i have not seen that in a long time among such a wide demographic it's impressive they were able to make a film like this again in today's modern cinema and maybe that's me being cynical i don't know i don't i don't think so i think it's a matter of uh, uh people that cared about the product seeing what had failed, taking a very long look at it, and coming to terms with, this is what works, let's do this. And they did a good job. I give a a total thumbs up to this. I may have nitpicked a few things, but I'll be honest, I the entire movie, I was thoroughly entertained. I had a smile on my face. I enjoyed it. That's all that matters to me. That's all that mattered to me, period, about seeing a Star Wars movie was me to go in and not be taken out of the movie. And I never was the entire time. The first three movies that we just, the oh, four, five, and six, almost equal to me. Mm-hmm. So this is equal with those. It, I think it, it flows perfectly how they spaced it out. And you have this whole backstory that happened in between the last film and this film. I loved it. It's a new world. You got the backstory just the way the original was. You got the backstory through peripheral dialogue. And you didn't need it all fucking explained. Thumbs up. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All the way. I I don't know if I'll go see it again because I even though we just did this epic four hour whatever the fuck podcast on Star Wars, I'm not the hugest Star Wars fan on the face of the planet. I watch them occasionally. Um, I watch them this week because obviously for this movie, but I can wait. I'll wait for it to to come out on Blu-ray or whatnot and watch it again. Um, But yeah, I totally dug it. I thought it was a good time. And anyone that gets into the Star Wars movies, thumbs up. 100% 100% totally go see it. There's no reason not to go see it. They righted the ship, everything that was wrong about them damn prequels. Not too much talking, too much shit on the screen. Um, that was one thing I really appreciate about this one is that even when there was epic battles going on, you had you knew what you were supposed to be looking at. You There was a focus. There was a simplicity to it. That's what I liked. So Force Awakens across the board. Every one of us, Astro Radio Z, thumbs up. Let's do this. Um, if you want to hear more Force Awakens talk, probably way more in depth, Mark is going to be having a Force Awakens podcast on the Spoiler Room. Um, check it out. I'm sure we'll go far more in depth than I did. 
Um, but uh, you can get more of your Star Wars fixed, your Jones, more of the spoils, get all them spoils, <laughs> cultivate all the spoils, bring them on in. Go go check out Mark's podcast, The Spoiler Room. So, folks, let's go ahead. Let's wrap this up. Before we, we do the pimpage and we let everybody know where you can find us and all of our wares, today I put my foot down. Enough with the voting, enough with the talking, enough with all the hullabaloo. 2016 will be the year of the howling. I have decreed it. It'll be, we will be doing all of the howling movies next year. We're talking, we're talking howling one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and that shitty Twilight remake that they did, Howling Reborn. We're going to do all those goddamn movies. So prepare yourself, folks. We're going to get nuts deep in a bunch of line dancing werewolves. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's going to be a good time. So let's wrap it up, folks. Glenn Bittner, where can the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z find you? You can find me on the Facebooks with the Beaverly Bunker and with Naked Hobo Productions. Same thing on YouTube or just follow me on Twitter at Naked Hobo. Awesome. Andrew Shearer. Skywalker. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, on Amazon On Demand. If you'd like to watch uh, silly movies in the vein of Ed Wood, Russ Meyer, John Walters, I have uh, four feature films available for rent. Uh, the Underground Cinema, Cinema with an S, um, Pajama Nightmare, Mondo Gonzo, and Fake Blood. Also, www.gonzorific.com. Uh, we have DVDs for sale, for films as Dr. Humpenstein's Erotic Castle. And uh, other such fine gems like that that are uh, cheap and cool. And uh, we thank you very much for supporting Underground Film. Awesome stuff. Get that stuff. Pick all that stuff up. Pick up all them Gonzorifics, folks. You better Come do on. It. You like big boobies and monsters and, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. Thumbs up. Astro Radio Z thumbs up. The man, the myth, the legend. I say that about everyone that comes on my show, but I really mean it this time, Mr. Greg Johnson. Lead, lead actor of Hole in the Wall, director, writer. He likes to play in guts. Uh, tell the fine folks where they can find you, what new movies you may be working on, and uh, any hijinks. Please, go for it. Hey, it's me. Anyway, Greg Johnson, uh, you can find me on Facebook. And uh, Hobo in a Trash Can is coming out soon. It's nearby. It's, it's uh, actually out on VOD now. Yep. It is. It is. What else? Night the Hitbacks coming out real soon as well, uh, written by and directed by Jason Thornson. And then um, that's about it for now. All right. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Mark, the movie man, please go. <laughs> well, you can go to specialmarkproductions.com to find uh, basically all the stuff that I work on. I try to consolidate everything there either by links or by posts there. You can find the Spoiler Room podcast, which Derek was very kind to a, a plug here uh, you can find all our episodes there you can find interviews i've done which i did one recently with audrey cummings a independent filmmaker who made a film called tormented uh, aka berkshire county so you got interviews that i've done there uh including i got a chance to talk to fred olin ray uh, uh patty cullen uh, uh just a, a number of people i've been fortunate this past year to talk to uh also you can find my stuff on welivefilm.com which is going to actually be weliveentertainment.com now excuse me uh where you can find my video segments where i host every thursday 
I bring independent horror or just horror reviews in general to the channel. Uh, they haven't kicked me off the island yet. And I just worked out a partnership now with a new site called nerdslant.com where you can find my Final Cut episodes as well as Lonely Trooper episodes, which are Star Wars themed vlog. Uh, those will be posts there as well as on my website. So you can find me in two different places there. So a lot of stuff going on for Special Mark Productions. And that's where you can find me. Cool. Exciting stuff. And of course... I'm your host, Derek Carey. You can find Astro Radio Z on the Twitter, on the Facebook. You can find it at Astro Radio Z Podcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me. You can get a hold of me and talk to me. Um, if you, you'd like to come on the show, email me there. Get a hold of me on the Twitter. Um, I'm really glad and happy for all the people that have been uh, contacting me on Twitter. Um, all the new followers we're getting. Uh, it's awesome. Happy you guys are digging the show. Come back for more next year. I'm bringing a bunch of new stuff um, out. So we're going to ramp up 2016. 2015 uh, was a little bit of a snoozer for me. There was a lot of shit going down. And hopefully next year, uh, Astro Radio Z is going to come back full fold. And we'll we'll have some pretty rad stuff for you. Obviously, we're going to be talking about goddamn howlings. Goddamn werewolves. So you got you better be goddamn excited about that because I know I am. There's some of my favorite goddamn movies. New goddamn. New Moon Rising. Oh, holy shit, New Moon Rising. We're gonna have to have an episode just based on that alone. All them line dancing werewolves. Can't get enough of those. So um anyways, uh you can obviously find uh if, if you're a fan of Astro Radio Z, please go to iTunes and uh give a give us a five-star rating, the best rating, six stars, 20 stars and give us a review. It only helps us get the show out there to more people, and uh, we can bring you some more hijinks. So anyways, uh, if, you, if you like our movies, please go check out rabbitchildfilms.storemb.com. You can pick up Hole in the Wall, Swamphead, and some other films. Anyways, thanks for coming on listening to the Star, Star Wars discussion. Uh, this is probably isn't going to be something that's going to happen very often. We're going to get right back into the sleaze, into the horror, into the exploitation with our next episode. So thank you for indulging our geek, geeky ways. And uh, may the force be with you always. And you know what I was thinking? How better it was that they used Kylo Ren instead of Kylo Stimpy for the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but, uh, good night. Good night.